when life is hard. Right before I get really started, um, Fred slipped in right after we had done the thing. So Fred, if we could just pray for you. So would some of you just gather around Fred right here in the middle of the living room? And let's pray our brother for him. I'll, wow, I was thinking about this message. I've been thinking about him so much. And uh, your faith family wants to stand in the gap for you in your loss and for strength. Father, I pray for, for strength today, God. It's first Sunday without Jessica here on earth, and I pray for grace upon grace to be multiplied today in the days and weeks and months and years to come. God, sustain him, strengthen him. May we be the body of Christ, Lord, for all that he's walked and journeyed through. Lord, give us grace and compassion. Show us how to be a body, how to live, how to die, and how to overcome together. And God, we pray for old Ryan right now as he finds himself over there with the kids today. God, bless him without his earthly mom. God, give him grace to develop and grow. And may we model Jesus to him and his dad. In Jesus' name, amen. When life is hard. I know he knows about it. I know many of you have. I already had my friend Scott and uh, Debbie, her mom, had died about I think a year ago. Was it yesterday? And uh, his mom, yeah. And uh, man, you know, it's life. I mean, we, we deal with a lot of tragic situations. And I was looking at God's Word, and I found this verse here in Job. It's not, it looks like Job, doesn't it? Can we, can, how many of you just be honest? It looks like Job, doesn't it? And I've been a preacher for a long time, and I learned it was Job years ago. But when I look at J-O-B, I don't know, y'all know, I'm going to get a Job. All right, but it's, it's, all right, I'm going to get a job. But here it is, Job 2310. It's right there across the top of your outline. Just look with me. But he knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. But he knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. I pray that this scripture would become meaningful to you, to you this morning. I, I pray that it would be one you would mark in your Bible. Probably haven't marked a lot of verses in Job. In Romans 5, in James 1, through various passages of scripture, we talk about suffering and trials, and we learn that suffering builds our character. And we all get to go through suffering together. It's uncomfortable, it's inconvenient. It's never in our time because we would never pick it, but it's for our good. How many believe this morning that suffering is for our good? And we'll learn as we start the new series next weekend on first of, the first of uh, Peter, the epistle, I almost said the first epistle, on the epistle of first Peter. When we start that book, we're going to be walking through the entire book in weeks and weeks to come. I'm really excited about this. I've never taught in that book. But this morning, I think about trials are an evidence that God is working in our lives. And as I was doing study on this, I began to see that they come, trials come to everybody. They come to the rich and to the poor and to the educated and the uneducated, the people that are up and going and things are good and those that are oppressed and down and trodden. But trials just come, if you will, to everybody. All trials, all people. And the first one, I just want you to kind of get into this kind of quickly with me. They come from several sources, and the first one is they come from ourselves. We invite trials sometimes on ourselves by the way we live our life and maybe a disregard for life 
possibly unhealthy decisions. Right now, I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell you, this is my unhealthy decision. No, I'm not going to get you to do that. But how many of you could probably turn to do that? I mean, we all could. We've all made poor choices. And those choices, uh, God forgives sin, and he resolves and forgives it completely. I'm grateful for that. But there's residue that hangs with it. There's consequences to our sin. We tell our kids that all the time. So sometimes we just bring trials and suffering upon ourselves by the way that we do. The other thing is from other people. Uh, sometimes we, we can be responsible for our trials. But then Peter says, but don't be surprised by the fiery, fiery trials that come our way in life. So sometimes other people, uh, I've always taught and believed that we live in community, we die in community, we journey in community. And when we mess up, we don't just mess ourselves up, we mess up a group of people. You know, when, when pastors fall, they, they mark an entire church and a church body suffers. I've, I've seen that so many times. Uh, when a family breaks up and they do all kind of crazy stuff and wrongful, sinful choices, that family suffers. Uh, a business, when they make some, some poor decisions, the, the whole corporate strategy empire could, could possibly fall because of that. When nations, how about that? In history, when we study nations and, and nations make poor choices, entire empires crumble. How many of you believe that sometimes when somebody else has sinned, we get to suffer with them because of their poor choice? Yeah, we do. Look at the third one. We live in a fallen world. I mean, it's not perfect. It was created perfect, but we chose sin in the garden. And when I look at that, it's um, uh, this because sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, but it was all because, just right here, because of disobedience. And, and we're the same way, disobedience. So we live in a depraved, broken, messed up world. So a fallen world. Look at the next one. Satan, Satan himself, Lucifer, uh, the deceiver, the abolos, I mean, he, he comes and, and he, hack, he wreaks havoc on us. How many of you feel like sometimes, man, my trial is just a result of spiritual warfare and the attacks of Satan himself? Anybody? I mean, man, it, it's great. And, and I thank God we don't have to stay there all the time in that state, but many times we, we have that status. And then the other one, so the, the fallen world, and then, and, and then we just have uh, Satan. Okay, so Satan does his own thing, and he, he messes us up, and we know that. And then look at the E. Then sometimes, listen, I know you're going to have a hard time with this one, but sometimes trials come. Listen, listen, because of God. You, you're living a good life. You're living a, a noble, holy life, and trials come. God allows the trial to hit you square on. Not to punish you, not to tell you that he doesn't love you. It's just the opposite. Trials come that we might conform, that we might be squeezed to the image of Jesus, that we might reflect his character. And when hard times comes, it has proving ground. So I like what Charles Stanley says. In order to have the proper response to our challenges, we have to remember some things. I want you to hear this. I, I love this. That God controls the length and the intensity of the trial. How many of you are grateful for that? See, sometimes God allows trials and he sends trials our way, but he is sovereign and he's over the length of it and the intensity of how long and how hard, but he's in charge. He has a specific purpose for him. How many of you believe this morning that trials have a purpose? I do. I'm not sure I always figure it out why. Sometimes I'm a little slow, maybe you are, I don't know. God designs them for specific purposes. Sometimes because of those trials, different things get manifested in our life. 
they show us how to strengthen our faith. They show us if we can respond in faith. They, one thing trials do, they always develop Christ-like character, or they could. They have the potential for that. We can become more like our Savior because of, of the hard time that we're going through. I think in my own life, and I'm sure in yours, that you, you've seen that be a reality. But you know what the good thing is about a trial when God sends them and, they, and however they come? God will see us through. How many believe God will see you through? He promises not to forsake you, not to leave you alone. He'll be with you through the hard time, the difficult time. And see, it just doesn't come to people that sit in this section or just this section in the middle section doesn't have any trials. It comes to everybody. Now, I've known a few people, it looks like they live a trial-free life. You're like, wow, everything they do turns to gold. Plenty of money, education, school was easy, friends, families, connections, relationships. They just touch it. Has is, is anybody ever known anybody like that? You just feel like, my goodness, what a great life. Okay. But follow them through the entire life. You'll see some trials. They might have kept them hidden. Sometimes... I used to know this person really well, and I always thought, man, they just never seem to suffer for anything. Not that I would wish that they would suffer. It was just like, wow. And then, man, calamity hit. Hard times hit. Difficult, horrendous hurricanes and storms of the soul. And I went, whoa. So it's like the Lord had just had grace on them for decades. And then they begin to do that. I think about David Jeremiah. Y'all ever watch David Jeremiah on TV? <laughs> He's probably, you know, the most... You know, I don't know he's, he's huge. It's like you turn on the TV any hour, and there's Dr. Jeremiah. There he is. And the man had to go through cancer. He had to struggle hard. had to suffer through that. Now, I go through Greek leaders, and I look at people in Scripture and how they suffer. So struggles and hurts are unavoidable while we're here on earth. So just go ahead and write it there. My trial, my sorrows will be unavoidable. As long as I draw breath, as long as I live in this life, I have the potential for a trial. And, you're, and some of you are saying this morning, well, you know, you don't have to talk about it in that sense. I already know, man, I, I've got trials. I came in here with a trial. I came in here with a, uh, a tribulation, with a sorrow that's weighing me down. And my prayer is that somehow Jesus ministers to you this morning. He ministers through the word, through his spirit, through your friends, through situations, through his holy word, through his holy spirit. You know, folks, at the end of the day, this is all we got. This is it. We've got this in relationships. And many times a relationship will turn on you. But this book, God's word, God's authority, it is constant through the ages. Do you believe that? It's eternal. It's strength. It's refuge. It's grace. It's, it's, it's healing for my soul and for yours if we'll take it. Look, look right here. What the trials do. Number one, they, well, I think I got them in a different order. Uh, that's a, who knows? I, I probably wrote them wrong, or Jeff was a little loopy on things, and we're, 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 we're going to go to the one that's on the screen. They deepen my relationship with Christ. How about that? They deepen my relationship with Christ. When you and I go through a trial, it is simply an opportunity for me to show myself to be approved, to love God, and to grow deep in the riches of who He is. And, and a trial is to deepen my relationship, not that some shallow pansy kind of walk with christ but it is forged in the trials of this life and the hard times so it deepens my relationship let's look at the next one it builds my dependence on christ the dependency is not on myself because i find when i go through the trials i don't know about you experiential 
I find I'm so weak. We sang that song this morning talking about how weak we were, and then it built. And I, and I just think about, if I'm dependent on me and you're dependent on me or you're dependent on you, man, you're going to fail every time. But a trial is to depend and have the dependency. My Lord, I lean on you. My ladder is leaning on Christ. My life is leaning on Christ. I'm looking to Christ for strength. I'm looking to Christ for joy. I'm looking to Christ for healing. I'm looking to Christ for nurture. I'm looking for Christ to overcome. Do I have a witness in the church this morning? Dependency. Some of you are like, oh, I don't know, that dependency, that, that's good. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going through a trial, you better make him your dependency. And sometimes I think he allows these storms because we're, we're self-dependent. I just do it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got that T-shirt. That stinks. And God's like, all right, you do it yourself. I'll put you through a little storm, see how you come out the other side. Oh, Lord, I'm going to depend on you. Look, look at the next one. What did they do here? They make me mature. They make me mature. They, the, the Bible says grow up, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mature in your faith. Make progress. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Lord, I want mature Christians. Oh, I want baby Christians because I want people to always be and come to Christ. And I want to see a house full of infants. But man, I want to see a house full of teenagers in middle age and then just old people how many of you just love to have a church of a whole bunch of old people running around or how about wheeling around or on a cane walking around wouldn't it be awesome and saying all right no how about a church just full of vibrant teenagers that worship with everything they got don't you want a church full of that too yeah. And how about some good looking middle aged people and they're just passionate and they got a little knowledge and they're hanging in there and they're going for God like <laughs> yeah, amen. And then how about some that are in between middle age and old? And, and man, they really got it. And they love God. And they're going, do you want that? Oh, yeah, man, we need all those. You know, I've been trying to figure out us for a lot of years. God just keeps giving me one word. Diverse. I love it. A lot of different streams. A lot of different walks. Listen to what James McDonald says. A trial is a painful circumstance allowed by God to change my conduct and my character. Isn't that good? Just leave that up there for a moment. A painful circumstance. That's what a trial is. There's nothing easy about a trial. How many of you have been through a trial and you went, that wasn't too bad? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll, make, we'll, we'll get in a prayer meeting and pray, God, give them a hard one. I don't want them to be arrogant. Nobody's like, no, I don't want to go to that prayer meeting. And it's allowed by God, but it's got a purpose twofold. It's to change my conduct because it's not very becoming. It's not very Christ-like. But also not just to change my conduct, to change my what? My character, who I am, who I am when nobody's watching, who I am when I'm in a crowd, when I'm alone, when I'm with a few people, just consistency for Christ. So God's purpose is here. They test my, you know what God's purposes do? They test my devotion and they gauge, they're gauged on my obedience to Christ. Write that down. A trial tests your devotion to Christ, how allegiant you really are. But also, it gauges whether I will obey Christ and follow the commands and the scriptures of Christ, and I'll walk through the storm with him somehow to become more like him because I went through a hard time. It purifies, it sanctifies, it gives us character. And then, and then I just wrote on here, is it a trial or is it a consequence? You know, we already talked about it. Trials are for everybody. And how we get to them and how they, how they show up. But sometimes it's just a consequence, as I said, of how I live my life or how sinfully I chose to participate. 
And, and you know, and, and Christians, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you get excused from consequences. I mean, man, they're, they're for everybody. A lot of times it seems like some consequences are a lot tougher than other consequences. And we don't need to be quick and judge and scream. I, I remember years ago when AIDS, the whole epidemic hit and everybody, you know, we didn't understand and we were fearful and on and on and on. And then there was a group just went, ah, hey, people just deserve it. Ah, sinners, sinners. And I went, oh, time out. How about if we got a disease next week for a line? Pastor, pastor, uh -uh. how about if we got one for boasting and exaggerating? I, I don't want that one. How about if I got one for drinking or getting, or, I don't want that. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? We're so quick to say, oh, everybody else is in this. And God's like, let me judge them, okay? I'm like, God, that's right. Lord, I'm, I'm not going to be so quick to try to put the judgment on them. You know, trials that equips me to be a blessing, or that's the goal of it. But look here, there's a message question. Trials we embrace and we learn from. You're going through a trial, just remember, you're in a trial, you've been through a trial, you're getting ready to go through a trial, and, and some of you are like, why is he preaching this message? I don't know what you're going through this next week, or next month, or next year, but learn from it. All the time, you know, people are with me, and they're healthy, and life is good, and then they're sick, and life is good, and got a job, and then they're unemployed, and life is good, and family is this, and then the family splits up, and it's fractured, and life is good, and this happens. I mean, it's just life. It's just a trial. So God wants me to tell us and remind me, learn from your trial, hardhead. <laughs> you can write it there, hardhead. Hey, is anybody else a hardhead? No, wait a minute. Teenagers, are y'all hardheaded? Have your mom and dads ever said, you're the most stubborn, hardheaded person I've ever seen? And you said that back to them and go, and you're the most hardheaded adult. No, you don't say that to your parents. Okay. All right. Now, how about y'all? Are, are y'all hardheaded? I turn to your spouse and just ask them, am I hard-headed? Just turn to them. Don, am I hard-headed? Yeah, I said spouse. Thank you. Blake, that was awesome. You see, Blake, you messed people up by doing that video. He thought you were married. Yeah, but, but no, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Y'all, that's good, man. He's listening. That's good. Dependency. Okay. I, I read this. I love it. A trial is like a bounce check. You don't have the resources to solve it. Everybody's written a bounce check. Come for it. No, no. But you're right. There's a deficit in my account. Uh-huh. And you don't have the resources today to resolve the issue. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week when you get paid or somebody gives you something, then you resolve it. Well, that's the way a trial is. So trials are like hurricanes we know a lot about storms and tropical storms and hurricanes when you live in this area I mean, it's just kind of you know you know we don't know about snow blizzards praise god can i just thank you father i'm glad but we know about storms i mean they're devastating and trials are sometimes horrendous sometimes well most of the time they are and god wants to move us to a place of joy I read this, and it says, joy is a theological, not superficial thing. Joy is hopeful. It's embracing the promises of God. So God, would you make me and my friends people of the book? God, would you help us to embrace scriptures, your heart, your presence when I'm going through a trial? And folks, we're going we're gonna to go through them. I don't, I don't know if your trial, I mean, like right now, God's just preparing your heart and he's trying to educate you and nurture you and inspire you through your trial or at the end of your trial. Or maybe you're getting ready to go into the storm. 
I don't know where you're going to be, but I promise you, this message will probably be one that you'll go back and go, man, I've got to remember that. What did he say? I've got to find joy in the Lord. I've got to find strength in him. I've got to run to him. God is my father. He's really ready to give good things. I love what the Dutch priest Henry Nouwen said about sufferings. Listen to him, the quote. We fail to see the place of suffering in the broader scheme of things. We fail to see that suffering is an inevitable dimension of life because we have lost perspective. We fail to see that unless one is willing to accept suffering, suffering properly, he or she is really refusing to continue in the quest for maturity. To refuse suffering is to refuse personal growth. Is that good? Write it down. To refuse suffering means I'm going to refuse personal growth. That's why your trial comes. God just loves you. He loves me. He wants me to grow. Oh, I, I, I can scream with the best of them. I, I like to get off the old treadmill and go, God, I, I don't want to suffer through this one. Lord, I, I don't want to be a part of this. Lord, let somebody else have it. I, I've had that prayer. I've not named your name. Don't, don't worry. I was like, God, can somebody else? Not? But usually you're like, all right, God, what is it? You, you're trying to show me something, aren't you? Father, you really are for me. You're not against me. God, Zephaniah says that you sing over me even this morning. The Bible says your great is your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Lord, you love me with an everlasting, eternal love. I know that from your word. But Father, why do I have to go through this? Because I want to teach you. Because I want to conform you. Because I want to grow you. So get ready for growth. C.S. Lewis, God whispers to us in our pleasure, speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pains. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So those trials are going to come, and they're going to be hard, and this trial thing is going to be harsh, or it might not be as harsh. I don't know where it is, but it, I've learned this. Trials always refine me. They, they purify me. When you bring silver and gold to their best quality, they have to refine it in the finer's fire. And all the imperfections and all the dross and everything rises to the top, and it sits there. He sits there watching that, and if he leaves it in there too long, it could burn and be devastated. It's just the right amount, and, and God's the refiner, and God knows just how long, Keith, just how long you need to be in the fire, and God's got you there, and you think he's forgotten, but he's not forgotten you, and he's like, You're, it's for your growth, it's for your growth, and I'm going to hold you in there and just a little bit longer because i got to take away some more impurities, and then as he finally takes it away, and the story goes as a refiner, when does he know it's enough? When he begins to see his reflection, when he sees his face. And I think when we see the face of Christ, when God sees his face, when he sees his image, then it's like the trial's over. Now I'll teach somebody else. I'll take them through it. You know, people tell me this all the time. I love Jesus. I came to Christ when I was 19. I came to Christ when I was 27, 32, 80 years old, whatever. I came to Christ and life got harder. Does anybody have that story? I came to Christ, and they said, sunshine, happy Christian. And man, my life fell apart. The wheels came off. Because God loves you. See, I don't like this prosperity gospel because I don't think it's gospel. I can't, I've read this book several times, and I study it all the time, and I just don't see that God is for us. I see that, but I see that, man, it rains on the just and the unjust. And I see that sometimes you decide to follow Christ. Man, things get hard. Your, your family attacks you. Your, your friends desert you. 
You lose a job because of some conviction. I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen. I mean, you, you say, I became a Christian, then I got sick. <laughs> hey, I did this, and that happened. And, man, all I know is I, I'm following Christ, and things got more difficult. But what happened is you got a companion. you got a God to walk with you through the trial. And is that good news this morning, fellowship? Is that good news that God promises to walk with you through the trial and the fire? Yeah. I don't know what tomorrow has in store for you or me. I know who holds it. I know who rules. I know who's eternal. I know this is temporary. I mean, I feel like, man, this life is long. And then I go, man, it's short. And it's like, oh, remember, remember when you were a little like, are these summer days ever going to end? I've been in the house for a drink of water 32 times. My mom said, I'm going to beat you the next time you come in the house. I remember that. You know, when I, when I was growing up, man, we, God help them, they, they told us to go outside. They said, we'll tell you when it's time to come in. And we played and played and played hard. And then we finally came in. You know, it's just, and, and today, huh? You ain't doing all this, you know. My little granddaughter, I love her to death, but she's got this motion down. You know? Awesome. The great thing is they've got great parameters and boundaries. They only let her do so much of that. I love that. I mean, I just see that, you know, in 30 years from now, all the kids are, like this, you know. What happened? I've been doing too much of that. Now I'm walking around like that, you know. I don't know what's going to happen. 30 years. I'll be an old geezer then. Okay, let's keep going. All right. Trials teach me to pay attention. Man, they do. Can you write that down today? Trials teach you to pay attention to God. If you're going through a trial, ask God, Father, what is it you want to teach me? God, what are you showing me? I just want to seek his face. Lord, I want, to, I want to know what's the next step with you. I don't want to get ahead of you. I don't want to stay behind you. I want to walk with you. Lord, show me what the step is. Lord, I'm going to follow Christ. And it might mean that it's going to be hard. It might be difficult. But Lord, it's going to be worth it. Lord, life's falling apart. Lord, I want perspective. But So we look at this verse here in Job. But he knows the way that I take. When he tested me, I will then come forth as goal, purity, a reflection of Christ. But to speak on trials and sufferings, I've got to move to James quickly. Turn over to James chapter 1. And when you look there in James chapter 1, you see perspective. You just see the perspective of God. You see a biblical perspective. And you perceive what God has. And then there's a response, and ultimately there's a result. But let's just see a few verses. Verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when... It didn't say if. Have you noticed in your Bible, no translation have I ever read, it goes... Consider it pure joy, my brothers, if you face trials. It says when. Would you circle the word when in your neighbor's Bible right now? No, circle it in your Bible. When you face trials of many kinds. Some translations say of various kinds. There's small trials, there's medium-grade trials, and there's big trials. And guess what? We don't get to pick them. <laughs> You're like, God, can I be on the committee that sends trials? No. Do you think there's an, a committee in heaven of angels? I hope not. If they do, they don't like me. No, I don't know. Trials. Here it is. When you go through a trial, count it joy. Didn't mean that you're all fake. You're like, oh, man, this is great. My life's falling apart. Praise the Lord. No, no, I mean, that's not what it says. Just means I'm going to walk with Christ. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to have joy. It's going to be an inward experience of grace. It's going to be an inward trust and dependency. Remember, back to dependency on him. It's sufficiency in Christ and not myself. I depend on you, Jesus. I want to walk with you. You know, seniors, 
Juniors, there's this thing in high school y'all have. I was never smart enough to do it or disciplined to do it. You clip out a test so you can get college credit. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, okay, a lot of you have been doing that too. Okay, and, and there's some of you do. You don't get to clip out of uh, trials. God, do you know this is Keith? I know. I'm sending you a big one because I love you. And I'm going to conform you. And I want to share with you something that you'll not learn unless you go through a trial. So I don't know. The Job, in another verse, says, As surely as sparks flop from a fire, so man is a born for adversity, and he's born for trouble. Job knew a lot about the sufferings of God about the trials and the adversity of this life. And all these things, he would go through them, and he just kept digging, and he kept trusting. And, but God promises in his word, I'll meet you in the trial. Look in here at James. Look there at verse 4. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. What do trials do? They mature us. They strengthen us. They make us depend on Christ. And then, if you, and then you can just read on the rest of this on your own. And then jump down to verse 12. But blessed is the man that does what? Perseveres under trial. That's the result. If we endure, if we persevere in the strength and the grace of Jesus, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those that love him. Do you believe God loves you this morning? He does. Do you believe God's going to allow some trials in your life? I know he will. Does he call you to endure and persevere? He does. But he promises the crown of life if you do. And you follow through with him. Lord, to have a trial means I'll walk into it. If you really study this in the Greek, it means to, to, to walk into that situation. It's, it, it's, a, it's the encounter of the trial. It's a tough place. It's, it's imperative that it's going to happen. Uh, a lot of times we want to calculate. We want to consider. We want to count this trial. It, it, and the Lord says, no, count it that math term. Count it all joy because I'm working. I'm doing a greater work. In the Greek, there's a word hupomone, and it means to abide or cling to, to sink deeply into. And in the trials of life, God says, hupomone, I want you to abide. I want you to cling to me, and I will see you through the various trials. And that's a word in season or out of seasons that the, the, it's meant to mature you and me. There's a divine chisel, and God holds the chisel in his hand, and he molds us. I love when Michelangelo, the story says that when he was asked to create the statue of David, he said, how in the world, they were asking him, can you take that big chunk of marble and make David out of that massive marble piece? How, how can you do that? And his response was simple. That big chunk of marble is David. I see it in my mind. I'm just chipping away what ought not be. And for you and I, God says, that is Keith. <laughs> and I'm going to chip away that which doesn't reflect my son. Hey, that's Susan. I'm going to chip away. Hey, that's Chris. I got some chipping to do. No. God's got some chipping to do in all of us. He loves us. So life's going to be hard, and he promises to see me through because he is good. Do you believe God's good this morning? So I would say this. There's a day coming 
There's a day coming, and there'll be no more suffering, no more pain, no more tears, no more trials. There'll be a day that we'll turn in the cross for a crown. And we'll reign eternally and victoriously with Jesus Christ, be a co-heir with him. So, in the trial, will you cling to your need for Christ? And this is for everybody, young, old, all of us. God just gave me this one thought. Don't waste your trial. Don't waste your pain. Because the pain will stretch you. The pain is for his purpose and for my growth. Let's pray. Father, and I just love truth. I love your word. And I love Job. And I want to come forth as gold. I want us all to come forth as gold. But I love that you say, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. So, Lord, when we face our trials, we want to walk through those with the right perspective. And we want to walk properly. And we want to honor you. So, Lord, use the, uh, the painful time to help us um, see a greater work of grace. Lord, I just want a greater work. God, I want that for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, you're God, and we're not. And you know what's best. And Lord, life's difficult. It's hard. But it's worth it. And Lord, I thank you just for this past week and what I've been learning about life through Jessica over the last couple of years to endure the suffering for the name of Jesus' sake. Lord, we love you and we call upon you this morning. We ask for strength today, God. We don't know what tomorrow brings, but Lord, we want to come forth as gold. We want to shine. We want to reflect the image of our Savior. And maybe today, Lord, there's people saying, no, 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 that man, that is too deep for me. I don't want that. Okay, friend, you can run from the truth that I shared from the stage. But God will find you. He loves you. He'll pursue you. So choose to do it with him. Lord, today, draw somebody to faith in Christ. May somebody call upon the matchless name of Jesus Christ to be their Savior and Lord today. May they repent of their sin and look to Christ and begin a relationship today and respond to Christ. And Lord, maybe we're already Christians. Maybe everybody here today is a Christian. That's awesome. And may we just respond to your voice and to your teaching and to your leading. Shape us, O oh God, for you're enough and you're for us. In the name of Jesus. This morning, I'm just going to slide over here. It could be in a message like this. Somebody's going, man, I just need prayer. I need somebody to stand with me. I want to do that with you. They're going to come and sing another song. You can stand. You can kneel. You can come. Whatever. But let's respond. Let's stand.